What's up, everybody? My name is Anthony Irvin. You beat yourself? Yeah. Yeah, see me myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm Jim Green. Don't even need that hit of <laughs> traffic light. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome to One Set. Hey, hey, hey. Here's another episode. Thank you guys for being back here at the One Set Podcast. What's up, buddy? Yeah, man. Uh, another episode for 2024. Again, we're not sure when this is dropping, so can't speak to the episode number itself. Um, but yeah, excited uh, for another installment of our Game of Thrones What If recaps, right? Yes. So we, uh, if you're just tuning into this one, we are going through uh, two seasons at a time in reverse order. So we've already done season seven and eight and seasons five and six of Game of Thrones. Um, again, if you haven't seen the show, uh, you're not going to know what we're talking about or understand. Go back and watch. Um, definitely, definitely a, a, a high recommendation from Anthony and I to check the show out. Um, if you're into in-depth storytelling, and obviously there's plenty of action throughout the show, right? Um, but there's Absolutely. so much going on, and there's so many, so many, some, somewhat bigger, some less not so big we're trying to cover like the bigger things in the plot that Mm -hmm. happen and say if they didn't happen how could things later on work out so um again if you haven't seen the show or if you've only seen some of the show we're talking about stuff that implies later on down the line stuff so it is very spoilery uh so Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen all of it uh definitely check these episodes out after you watch it all the way through right uh definitely some fun content anthony and i kind of recapped uh, a few key uh, moments in seasons three and four. Um, and we're going to go back and talk about those uh, starting with the end of season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're not going in specific order. We might jump around just a little bit. Um, but yeah, we are going backwards. So we're, we're going to start with the stuff that happens as close to season five um, and work our way back uh, towards the beginning of season three uh, with the conclusion of season two, which mm-hmm. the next episode after this one, we'll talk about seasons one and two, which is going to be way harder because if things don't happen early on in the show, then a lot of the show doesn't pan out the way that it did. Exactly. Right? And we're getting so that- to that point where even in this one, we recapped that some of the things that we actually are going to be talking about in this episode some of them some slightly have an impact to what might have happened in seasons five, six, seven, and eight. So it's starting to get that much more harder to think, Oh, what if this didn't happen? Oh wait, well then this storyline would have been way different. That storyline would have been altered. So, you know, it was different in the last two episodes. So you, cause you might've only had maybe one, one or two things impacted where some of these things might impact a whole, you know, storyline to a point so it's it's starting to get really interesting with the things that we kind of recap so uh like jim said if if you guys haven't checked out the previous episodes we recommend you know looking at those to kind of see what we recapped or if you haven't even checked out the show you know go check out the show first and then you can always come back and watch these so we're just very big big fans of uh game of thrones and we we've been uh wanting to kind of conclude a lot of these uh things so again this is seasons uh three and four and then we'll be concluding in the next episode the finale of all this uh seasons one and two so uh 
Jim, let's get into recapping starting from uh you know the top of the end of season four <laughs> my pen just jumped out of my hand sorry about that i'm Yay. playing with the clicker <laughs> playing with the clicker on the end <laughs> and it was just like it was like goodbye <laughs> whoopsie um yeah okay so there are uh there it is um with with the big one that uh, is essential to talk about um, for the end of season four. Uh, so we have um, Tywin Lannister um, killing uh, Shay, who was like his uh, lover, I guess. Um, because I mean, T- Tyrion, but yeah, who, who I said Tywin. Yeah, we had Tyrion killing Shay. Because his father Tywin was trying to tell him to stay away from her, yeah. And then upon upon Jamie helping Tyrion to escape, he discovered that she was in Tywin's bed, and, and I'm gonna take a shortcut. <laughs> yeah, and and wind, and winds up. Uh, well, I, he was looking for Tywin and, and went to his room to find him. Yeah, and found her in his bed and and just choked her out. Uh, yeah. for betraying him yeah so that was kind of like frowned upon he wasn't necessarily looking for her but he just ended up finding her in the bed and he's like all right i'm just gonna kill you right now and then so i get a two for one so <laughs> yeah literally was not expecting that to happen mm-hmm. and then uh finds tywin on the toilet and on the prison having- <laughs> yeah <laughs> the conversation's happening and you think it's not gonna happen he pulls the trigger on the bow and arrow and you're just like, Oh my God, he did it. And <laughs> yeah. And, then, and the best is Tywin's talking about like after he shoots him the first time and he's just loading the crossbow again and shoots him again. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, very big impactful, just like early on game of Thrones, like never know what's going to happen. Impactful type of scene. So it was all. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of, I, I think, I think that was the, I mean, they killed Jon Snow at the end of season five, which everybody was in a huff about. And then he winds up coming Mm -hmm. back to two episodes into season six. Yeah. Um, So. I I think that was. I don't know, I do like the end of season six a lot, but I think that that was probably my favorite like ending to the season of, Mm -hmm. of all of them. Right. Of all of the of all of the seasons. That was that was the one season finale where you were like like uh-huh. a definite definite WTF moment, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, and they, in a good they, that was the it, last part and they left it just right there. So it was it was yeah. so good. Very good cliffhanger. I, I think they show him get on a boat and you figure he's leaving right. Westeros, but you never you never know that he's going um and winds up landing with Daenerys over in Essos so I mean yeah mm-hmm. definitely a huge cliffhanger but in a good way not the the rest of the seasons where you're like WTF what just happened in like a mm-hmm. I can't believe that they did that kind of thing yeah it was it was a, I can't believe they did that but in like the coolest way right right um, absolutely I mean the end of season one which we'll talk about uh they showed Daenerys's dragons being born um which was a very cool moment like 
when you're talking about hydration, hydration is not only for people training for championships and marathons. We're talking about daily maintenance people. Jim, did you know that 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated? I believe it, Anth. I mean, honestly, in my line of work, uh, dealing with teaching uh, children and also dancing with uh, adults my age, younger and older, I, I, can, I can almost tell based off of how well people not just perform athletically, but how we carry ourselves and how we communicate back and forth, our facial gestures and, our, and just our energy alone. I can tell when somebody's sluggish and they're sleep deprived versus they're just sluggish because they're a dried up sponge because they are dehydrated, right? Absolutely. And for people like me who are working the nine to five and, you know, for me gigging at night, proper hydration is definitely crucial to maintain function throughout the day and keeping yourself energized. And that's why proper functional hydration is essential. And who's going to give it to you? Liquid IV, because Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Uh, I like to use it first thing in the morning. Uh, I've been doing a lot of workouts here and there. So I pop it in my uh, water bottle first thing in the morning. Gives me a little boost of energy of what I need. And, you know, sometimes during the day when I'm doing that like two o'clock, you know, rundown, I'll pop a little one, if not in the morning. Uh, you know, it gives me a little bit of that energy that I need. With just one stick, you can hydrate real life two times faster than water alone, plus get essential vitamins and three times the electrolytes as the leading sports drink. And not only that, Liquid IV comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Yeah, Anth, I mean, for me personally, like my day-to-day, I'll wake up and pop a Liquid IV just to get my day started and start off with proper hydration. And then I... And like required to be physically active between the hours of like 2 or 3 p.m. until 9, 10, 11, sometimes midnight if I'm doing a backup gig. So I'll do another one maybe around noon, 1 p.m. And that'll keep me going throughout the day. And I just feel so much better. I don't even drink coffee on the regular like that because I don't need to pick me up unless if I'm like really just not sleeping much. And then I'm like, all right. Get me that. I don't like to rely on caffeine unless I absolutely feel like I need it. Liquid IV does the trick for me. I don't know about you. Again, one stick with liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks. And it's made with quality ingredients, non-GMO and free of gluten, dairy and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Yeah, man. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code one set pod. That's one set pod and at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code one set pod at liquidiv.com. 
dude, I've been getting this annoying itching feeling under my armpits from the deodorants I've been trying and using, and I can't seem to find something that works for me. Have you ever tried maybe like a natural deodorant? Natural deodorant? Uh, no. Are you insane? No, but I am wild. Oh, wild is the UK's number one natural deodorant company that focuses on performance, sustainability and style. Their mission is to clean up the bathrooms by leaving it free of ugly, single-use plastic bottles and unnecessary chemicals. You know why Wild is great? Because it actually works and it's eco-friendly and contains over 98.5% natural ingredients. They have a fully sustainable design with aluminum cases that last for a lifetime, plus biodegradable, recyclable refills. And you know what's cool? They can actually imprint your name on these aluminum cases for a small additional fee. Wild is super convenient with flexible subscription options or paying as one-off purchases. And you can customize your order by choosing your case, color, and various scent combinations. I know I have the Ocean Mist, the Fresh Cotton and Sea Salt, and the Orange and Neroli flavors, and they all smell super great. And what's best about them is they don't just wear off immediately, and then all of a sudden, you smell like B.O. Yeah, I've been rocking the Sandalwood and Pacholi scent right now. And again, great scent, last like throughout the day that you know you're pretty much protected throughout the day. And I also was able to try the mint and aloe vera, big aloe vera fan, right on point, long lasting. And you can look forward to uh, these cases and scents in a limited edition every month. Go wild today with a special discount of 25% off your first order when you get the code one set pod at checkout. Go to wearewild.com and use the code one set pod at checkout and enjoy. Have you ever wanted to start your podcast but didn't know where to start? The One Set Bros are here to talk to you about Zencaster. Zencaster is the ultimate base podcasting solution and now the all-in-one podcasting platform making podcasting easy. They've sure made it easy for us to be able to record our podcast and our episodes every week for you guys. Once you've set up your account, you're simply one click away from recording a high-quality podcast with studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. My personal favorite feature is their multi-layer backups, which ensure our recordings are always in the highest quality, even during unstable web connections. And if you thought you needed multiple tools and services for your podcast, Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform allows you to create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code OneSetPod and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do with all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Which was a very cool moment like, oh, she's got dragons, mm -hmm. but they're, they're babies at the time. Like you're not getting anything out of them. Not, not for a few seasons, right? I mean- we're going to get to the one, uh, which is like my, like the first, my fate. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. Stick, stick to this. So, uh, Jamie was helping Tyrion escape because 
Tyrion was put on trial for killing Joffrey, which we're going to talk about Joffrey's death and those implications uh-huh. shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was under trial and he has an epic speech um, in his trial. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I've watched it a few times. Um, it just made me love Peter Dinklage that much more as yeah. an actor. I was like, this guy just delivers so hard. Right. Um, and I, I, the, the trial itself is such an epic and iconic moment. Like the trial between Prince Oberyn and the mountain. And the only what if there that I have is what if the mountain was actually dead and Oberyn wasn't just like dancing around, running his mouth mm-hmm. after he stabbed the mountain. Then you think he's dead. And then he's saying all this stuff. And then the mountain trips him and then crushes his skull. So brutal. Yeah. So brutal. Um, I mean, so brutal. Yeah. Um, so, so the what if in, in that is if Oberyn actually killed the mountain, then Tyrion lives. Um, and then, you know, never Tywin, Tywin, you know, doesn't kill Tywin. I think, I think Shay winds up getting shipped off at some point because mm-hmm. that was like a conversation. Maybe Shay gets shipped off and maybe Tyrion sends her money and goes and visits her every now and again. Um, I don't know how you get Tyrion to Daenerys and Essos without all of that happening and ha- him having to flee Westeros. Mm-hmm. So it obviously heavily impacts Daenerys down the line with not yeah. having Tyrion as her hand. Right. Um, That's big because he came in handy uh-huh, um, uh-huh. To, da- to Daenerys all the way down the line. Granted, he did tell Daenerys not to, you know, he did advise Daenerys not to go full Mad Queen and, and burn King's Landing. Did whatever it. she wanted to do anyway. So, <laughs> so it, I mean, he was helpful. He was helpful to her when she was in Marine. Yeah, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, the end result, if, if Tyrion never wound up with Daenerys, Daenerys would still burn King's Landing to the ground. Right. Oh, yeah. Like most, like most likely if anything so probably would have gotten there sooner and just done that sooner instead of yeah you know to the point of waiting that long because she would have had Tyrion, uh you know advising her to be like okay you if you want to you know take over everything you need to get all these other things in order before where she was just ready to just go straight through everything yeah so i i mean piggybacking off that you're absolutely right like uh, they wouldn't have stopped at dragonstone and started planning yeah like strategically she would have just gone to westeros taken the dothraki and the unsullied mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that we'll talk about that soon too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um um I, I think she would have just won in guns blazing and attacking his landing and just taken it uh-huh um and and to that point you would have never bought time for Jon Snow to show up at Dragon Zone to try to convince her to mine the Dragon Glass again. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that, yeah. in a bit. Um, See, so many things that can kind of be altered just because of one yeah. little thing. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If 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 Oberyn won that uh, trial by combat, it would have changed so, so much, much. Of, of so much of the story going forward. Um, okay, so let's let's keep let's keep with like that storyline and mm-hmm. and backtrack it to um joffrey's death because there there is um there is one other thing but it's a it's a 
it's a much less significant thing mm-hmm. uh, to an extent. So, okay, Joffrey marries Marjorie, season four, episode two, and um, he winds up being poisoned, mm-hmm. and it's 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 portrayed as if Tyrion did it, especially because Joffrey was uh, demeaning and degrading Tyrion at like during the wedding ceremony. Yes. And so it it makes perfect sense the way that they tell the story for everyone to believe that Tyrion is the one that did it, mm-hmm. right? So the only the only thing there is if Joffrey doesn't die, then what happens? And it's 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 there. There had to be a point where Joffrey was going to die somehow, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he could have probably lasted way longer in the show, right? Because I, I feel like I feel like Tommen as king was very like not as interesting. The only thing that you knew was Tommen was like a good little boy, right? Yeah, and he, and he pretty much didn't have like the significant power of a king because he had so many people working above him. So he was like just the puppet on the string with everybody trying to just work around him. But yeah, I mean, you can obviously say that like you know if if uh, Joffrey didn't die at the wedding, I think we mentioned like he, I think he would have eventually been killed in some other type of way later in that season, or maybe the, the next season of some sort. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can always say like, Oh, well, if it, obviously we know it wasn't Tyrion. We know who it was later in in the uh, other seasons, but you know, then if he did, if Joffrey lived, then one of the things was you you wouldn't have got Sansa getting out of King's Landing at that point for one of the yeah. things. And we I think that's one of the things we mentioned we can talk, if not for a little bit about, but that that have been one thing that she would have she would have stayed in King's Landing even longer. And well, uh, and, and the know. thing is, 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 is that at that point, because this is season four, episode two, um, it's. At, it's towards the end of season three where she winds up getting married to Tyrion. So, yeah. So when Joffrey dies, Littlefinger actually snags Sansa and takes her off to the Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then winds up eventually marrying her off to Ramsay Bolton. Right. So, so Sansa's story arc wouldn't have moved the way that it did if she stayed in King's Landing for way longer and was just like married to Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Cause I often forget that uh, Sansa and Tyrion were even married because it was literally the end of season three, last couple episodes. And then it was two or three episodes into season four where she like, she runs away from King's Landing and then it's, it's not even a thing. Yeah, because she was projected to marry Marge Marjorie's brother until yeah. Well, but then, but then Tywin actually stopped that. She's like, "All right, Tyrion, you get in there and you know take that away." So yeah, it's because Cersei intervenes because she has whispers. I, I forget if it was Littlefinger or yeah, I um, who did it, or if it was Varys. I, it, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, one of them got the scoop that, mm-hmm. that the Tyrells were planning to marry Sansa off to Loras Tyrell. Yeah. Um, so 
And Tywin's like, not in my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he winds up. He wants because Cersei doesn't want Sansa to be married to the Tyrells because it brings the Tyrells and the Stark houses together. Yes. Right. So instead, he marries Sansa. Well, they, they force the marriage of Tyrion and Sansa to bring what's left of the Starks together. And we're going to talk about that soon. too, uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, definitely a lot of plot things that happen there. Uh, again, um, Sansa never leaving. I just, I don't know what they would have done with Tyrion and, and Sansa being married, like mm-hmm. because they didn't do anything of substance with it. Just them marrying to tie the Starks to the Lannisters. Yeah. And keep, and basically keep Sansa, like captive to King's Landing forever, right? right? I think she would have probably never left King's Landing at that point. She they would have just no. ke- they would have kept her there, and yeah. So the the red wedding the red wedding had already happened, so they wouldn't have had anything left. They didn't know where Arya right. Stark still was, so their th- their thought is Sansa is the last Stark. So I mean, they don't necessarily at that point need to keep her alive because everybody else is dead in that family. So they can just kind of linger her off. And then eventually just, she eventually probably would have died. Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't have been mad about it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like anything, just like our previous episodes, like Jim says, she can just flip right off. So yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, okay. I mean, in, in the end, that probably would have been, the concluding part of that if 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 she would have stayed in king's landing she would have just definitely been killed off eventually yeah at some point i mean and and if and i'll actually circle back to that uh when we get to the aria thing mm-hmm. um yeah we'll come back to that i mean um yeah i i don't think there's anything more to speak on to joffrey other than he would have died at some point and maybe in a i mean the poisons the poisoning and him dying it looked pretty brutal right oh yeah um but i don't know uh, again and i've talked about on here a lot of like your favorite people that get killed off like the good people it it's like in such a brutal way that like really just hits us in the heart mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the bad uh like the villains dying don't get like a strong comeuppance uh, mm. except for Ty- except for Tywin, right? Like that. And I think yeah. that that's why I think that's why it's one of my favorite. Like, I think it's my favorite season finale endings. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of my favorite moments across the entire show, because one of your villains got killed off in like a really cool way that was just like, ah, justice was served. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Um, okay. Let's let's uh let's move on to the next one here. Um Okay. So um at the end of season 4 we learn about the children of the forest which was the first inhabitants of Westeros. Right. Um and I wasn't really going to talk about it because it's like yeah, they're they're important in the deeper storyline of um the white walkers right so the children of the forest which you don't learn here you learn it in i think season five or six that the children of the forest actually created the wall uh the white walkers mm-hmm. and the night king so 
you know, without the children of the forest, then the whole White Walker story doesn't even exist. Not so, it's non-existent. Yeah. So so then that whole storyline, the rest of the show would have just been about the west of the west of Westeros. The west of Westeros. The west the west of Westeros. Yeah. Um we so, Yeah. Whoops. Um so the White Walker storyline, I think, was just built to have like a cool, like zombie threat to all the living. Um, it was just a, it was just a, an arc which like doesn't even make it to the very end of the show, right? Um, I mean, it makes it to the final season, but they have you know way way more story to tell after that, right? Um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the White Walkers in a second, but. Just worth noting, you're introduced to the Children of the Forest here. Um, the one actually winds up helping save Bran from the White Walkers. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very like, okay, look, Bran's in trouble. He can't run anywhere because he doesn't have legs. Right. Um, it's just one of they, the they, things that from the show that I wish they would have put more effort into. But again, yeah. they would have needed another season or two if they were to do that. So the, I don't think they gave enough substance to the Children of the Forest and the development of the White Walkers. I would even be and I think they've had things of saying like a prequel of like talking about like a series with just the children of the forest and the night king and the white walkers like within that time i think i heard of like something of of maybe like a storyline of like that being a series like spin-off from game of thrones i would be willing to see that because i think everybody wants to know like how that kind of you know started we have like little snippets but we don't never get any payoff of like how things really were in that type of time yeah yeah, so I think the best thing that they could do is introduce um I mean I don't I don't know if they would because there's rumors for House of the Dragon that they're going to have white walkers involved somewhere like at least talk about them. Yeah. Um so if you develop the story of the white walkers within House of the Dragon, like the whole series, you just you just elevated the interest in the audience mm-hmm. because you brought that storyline in through house of the dragon, which the whole concept of, of the show is the story of um, uh, the Targaryen civil war, right? Like uh, between uh, the blacks and the uh, greens, greens, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be, I mean, I would, I, I, I think I speak for both of us. I would absolutely love it if they did that, but um, I don't know where in the timeline, how far back that the white walkers were actually created if they're already created right or if they if they're being created during like kind of the time that this is happening or if it was during um Aegon's conquest which is Aegon the first which I've I've seen some things about about yeah, that um, I think it's around Aegon's conquest or maybe slightly before it because he was already talking about like the long night and everything with that and that was already kind of brought into you know, the house of the dragon where that whole prophecy thing was already being talked about, but not as elongated as when, you know, we get into the whole game of Thrones series, but they definitely put in a big massive thing with the house of dragons prophecy of, you know, the long night, the, and all, and all that jazz. But yeah, I, I, 
I would think it was probably before Aegon's conquest, maybe a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand years before that. But yeah, I don't really know when. But yeah, I think it, it. I would definitely love to see some type of you know series on that. Yeah, and and sorry uh, if you're tuning in and we just tangent it off from like the actual what if uh, storyline of the show, but it does tie directly into like the Children of the Forest that happens in season four that we were introduced to them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again the, the whole show just exists without the white walkers um there's definitely plenty of storylines that they could have just elaborated on further if you have no white walkers in the show right um they, like they they could have still had the show without the white walkers it would have just been the battle between the seven kingdoms right yeah it would uh, have simply been that yeah yeah which is is fine the show could have lived without them it was just definitely. an extra dynamic um that, that made the show a little bit more interesting um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay two more two more things for season four uh the one being I, I, you know what i should do this one next because it ties directly into the white walkers right so okay. um sam discovers uh yes. dragon glass and and gets attacked him and gilly are um have a white walker approaching them and uh, he winds up going and stabbing it in the back with the dragon glass. And then you that's like the discovery that that is what kills the White Walkers. You don't learn about the Valerian Seal until season five, where Jon Snow crashes, like actually yeah. slices through the one and, and he uh-huh. explodes into without pieces, which is right again. Another, another like favorite awesome moment scene. of mine, which mm-hmm. we, we, we talked about that in the last episode. Um and with the if dragon glass thing, you know, that was something I was telling you that it didn't hit me until, you know, maybe the second time watching it. Because the first time it was just like me binging through it and not really seeing a lot of the whole thing. So that whole scene with Sam killing the White Walker with dragon glass, that didn't click with me to be like, oh, OK, well, he killed a White Walker. But the significance of it was he was using the dragon glass. So now he didn't know it at the time, but as the audience is watching like oh we find out that dragon glass kills white walkers so like we were saying that you know the big what if with that is obviously what if sam never you know f- killed it what killed it we would have never known about the dragon glass obviously sam would have died but uh you know yeah that's he- true <laughs> <laughs> they would have been done but uh yeah and then he would have never been able to, you know, go into the Citadel, do all those other things. He probably would have never even, uh, well, Bran would have uh, told John about about his real true identity anyway. But, um, you know, we would have never had any significance with the Dragon Glass. John never goes to Dragonstone to mine it. And like you said, uh, it would have been a it was a pivotal thing for the long night with them using the dragon glass. And you would have probably said that the night, the, the night King and the white walkers probably would have stormed right through them. Yeah. Right through them. And then they would have moved to King's landing, which so, the thing, pivotal the, moment. thing the thing there is there was no sense of urgency from King's landing regarding the white walkers. Right. Like, so when they have the meeting at the end of season seven, like all of them meet together and uh-huh. they show sir they show sir say the white walker um king's landing doesn't care about the walkers right Not like so so it would have made that battle if the white walkers stormed through winterfell and made their way to king's landing it would have made that matchup a lot more aggressive uh-huh that being that being said uh you know Tyrion never going 
to Essos and meeting up with Daenerys, if she just came over and went straight through King's Landing, it might have just been Daenerys and the Unsullied and the Dothraki and her three dragons. Um, yep. Because if she never made the pit stop in Dragonstone, you never had Jon Snow going to Dragonstone to try yep. to convince her to mine a dragon glass. The only thing there is he could go to Dragonstone and nobody's there and he could just mine it himself. He has nobody to answer to, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. He, he could have, right? But he wouldn't have done that if Sam didn't discover that the dragon glass killed the White Walkers. So that's a huge moment that you don't realize early on in the show yeah. that plays into the picture. Because if, if they only had the... Mm-hmm. If they only had the Valerian steel to go off, killing the walkers and the dragons, uh, no, wasn't going to happen. Not, I mean, not, not for nothing though. Arya does, and this is good. Arya does kill the Night King with the Valerian dagger. Um, yeah. So, still, I mean, that that, that that moment could have happened in the series finale if, like if you had the white walkers pass through Winterfell yeah. and say, say Arya's at King's Landing, um, you could have that moment happen then and there at, there, at that point. Yeah. And, and I, I think it would have made the show. I was just going to say it, it would have been a little bit stronger of a conclusion with that all panning out there. Yeah. I would have um, been more okay with it happening in that type of sense. Mm hmm than the way that it did i'm still okay with the way that it did but i think it would have been more impactful you know if you know they went through they're in king's landing and you know it's at that final moment of the last episode of the series and you get that uh aria night king moment and she just kills them and then it's like you know everything kind of is like solved from there yeah i mean and that's that's you know say Daenerys dies flying her dragon like somebody just kills her in the air and then you don't have and then that that undoes you know the whole you know Jon Snow Daenerys thing Uh uh-huh um you don't even have to go into Jon Snow being a Targaryen because that doesn't even that doesn't even matter that doesn't even matter anyway it it, it went nowhere right really didn't care about it anyway so (laughs) no not even right so um what I was getting at ap- uh, after that, and because I have like three thoughts in my head at, uh, <laughs> at minimum, um, I do still think that I, I would have wanted Jon Snow to kill the Night King. Yeah. Um, at least have a, like a one-on-one combat because they had the little duel in the air with the dragons, and then um, he went to burn the Night King with... Uh, I forget what dragon he was he was flying at the time, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I forget. Yeah, I, I still that payoff. If they had, if they had the walkers going all the way to King's Landing for the very finale of the show, then they needed to do more about the White Walkers and the Children of the Forest and creating the walkers. They needed to like dive into that a lot heavier. Um, but anyway, back to Arya. Um, there is a moment uh, throughout seasons three and four where um you know she she ra- she ran away from King's Landing in season I don't know if it was the very end of season 1 or if it was the beginning of season 2 where Probably she ran away to, yeah I think beginning of season 2 so somewhere along the way um 
she gets picked up by the hound, right? Mm-hmm. Like so- someone discovered her and he winds up taking her. Oh, he winds up doing trial by combat with uh Beric Dondarian. Yes. And he, he, he kills Beric Dondarian and then Beric Dondarian comes back to life. But the hound winds up taking um Arya back on the road mm-hmm. and then later and then later meets up with uh Brienne and Brienne and the Hound have a, a battle. Mm-hmm. The Hound falls off the mountain and then Ironically. In, ironically. <laughs> oh, 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 um that's that's good. I never thought of it that way. That's yeah. good. I, when you said I'm like, oh I gotta gotta click that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Do perfect. Do um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um so instead of Brienne just killing the mountain, because he's on the ground, he looks like he's gonna die instead of her putting him out of his misery Brienne just takes Arya and or Arya escapes there and goes to Bravos. she gets a she she doesn't wind up staying with Brienne she gets I don't think she I don't think she ever winds up with her I think I think Arya just I think Arya run, runs off during the battle yeah yeah, because they they started uh, fighting. Then she, I think, I think Arya finds uh, the Hound at the edge of the mountain. You know, pretty much, you know, defeated. And you know, I think she steals the gold off of him, and then she walks off. And then you hear him okay. saying like, "Kill me, kill me." So, but it's like um, the the what if that we were talking about is you know obviously what if the Hound ended up defeating. Brienne does Arya, you know, obviously Arya probably would be sticking with the Hound. The Hound probably would have been taking her ex wherever you think. So uh does she still try to get the Bravos or does she get there at a later time? And you know, how does that affect her story arc eventually? I I, I think I think um the Hound would have wound up trying to take her back to King's Landing and she might have been held like captive at King's Landing. Like mm-hmm. Sansa might have discovered Arya was in King's Landing and held captive. Mm-hmm. And then you you could have Sansa begging um to spare uh Arya's life. life. And then they they could go to behead Arya Stark like they did Ned yeah. in season one. And then you could have you could have Sansa sacrifice herself to save Arya, and then Arya could run away after Sansa gets killed. I like that better. I like that better, yeah. <laughs> I just totally, totally going with it. Because <laughs> um, that way you... Sansa. <laughs> yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> those, please. Those shirts um, are merch, Marjorie. Please kill Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag kill Sansa. Yeah. All means necessary. <laughs> Take Sansa out of the equation, bro. Just <laughs> hashtag tan- take Sansa out. Right? <laughs> um, I like that better because then um, you still have Arya able to escape, go to Bravos. She yeah. learns how to fight, and then you can still have her be the bad that she is all the way at the end of the show. Definitely. Because um, without that, she's useless. She's just a little whiny brat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That 
that at least concludes uh, season four. Um, and real quick, I got to grab my laptop power cord. If you can just carry us into season three while I'm doing that. Um, and yeah, what, what was the first one that we were mentioning? First season three top. Of it? I mean, well, yeah, top of it was the uh, red wedding, right? Yeah. And when we say the top of it, we mean the end of it because we are going backwards here. Best. We yeah. Can. Um, yeah. The, the, the Theon Ramsey Bolton stuff uh, we can get into after the red wedding, because that's like definitely a huge topic. Um, Anthony, right. take it away for a moment. OK. Yeah, man. So uh, like we said, at, we're going into the top of or the end finale of season three. So obviously the the big one there is the red wedding. And uh, that's where, obviously, you have Rob Stark, Kathleen Stark. Uh, you know, they, they're all getting to try to uh, talk to Walter Frey to apologize for the fact that, obviously, Rob Stark was marrying someone else. And because he was uh, already trying to be, uh, you know promised to be marrying one of walter frey's daughters but he ended up marrying somebody else so it's almost like to the point where hey we'll give you one of our people to, in response to rob and then you get the whole red wedding go down where basically they just kill everybody so the bit the big thing there obviously is like what would happen if the red wedding would have went somewhere different I mean, how would it, it have an impacted, you know, not even the end of the season, but, you know, how would that have changed some of the the impact? Because if Rob Stark doesn't die, if Walter Frey doesn't basically kill uh, Kathleen Stark, Rob Stark, and uh, it was Eddard Stark that they were marrying... Uh, was it Eddard Stark? No, it was. Uh, it was I forget. Ed, I forget the Stark's name that was being married. Um, yeah, I got you. Hold on a second. It is. But the, he um, didn't die. He didn't die. They kept him because he. They took him out before any of that happened. Yeah, it's um. Oh, his name's Edmer. 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 Yeah, not Edward. <laughs> Edmer. Yeah. So he, so yeah. he's the one that they're like, hey, we'll give you him to marry one of your daughters as you know an apology to be like, hey, I know I was promised to your one of your daughters, but you know I kind of went against your word. Here's him. He could do that. So they're like, oh, cool. We'll do that. But then he's like, yeah, I, t- I, uh, I said that I was okay with it, but I'm not. So yeah, off with your head. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so I think I think the big thing there is if Rob Stark lived, um, obviously a much larger storyline plays out. Maybe he kills Joffrey um, down the line. Yeah. Um, and, and then may, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jamie Lannister kills Rob Stark in the end. Not in the end, but down the line. Um, I don't think Rob Stark would have had a longer, like, piece in the series. I think he would have been ended in season four anyway, I think. Yeah. So I can definitely see him either either killing, being the one involved in um, 
Joffrey's death, though. I can definitely see probably something of that happening, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you could have Tywin kill him off, or you could have... Um, I don't know. I don't know who else is like of importance in the Lannisters other than like Jamie. I don't think. I don't think because Tyrion's not a murderer like that. Other than with no. Shay, but or or his dad. Um, yeah, it's kind of just been but, out of spite. Not like he's like yeah. someone that kind of goes out and tries to kill people. It's just more out of spite. Like, oh, okay, well, this just happened. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I was I was good with Catelyn Stark dying off because she annoyed the hell out of me half the time too. <laughs> um, but I th- I think you know for for the sake of Sansa's story arc, which like in the moments where I kind of was okay with her, like you do feel bad for her because she had to watch her father be beheaded, and then you have to you yeah. have to learn. Or Arya's out. You don't know if she's alive. You don't know anything about Bran. Uh, so for Rob and Catelyn Stark to be murdered, she's like, my family's gone. I have nobody. Right. Right. Um, and she didn't care about John. She didn't really like him. So even though she knew the only thing that she knew about him was he was going to Castle Black. So he was pretty much abandoned at that point anyway, but she didn't really have much really to want to do with him until they eventually obviously got back together in the later seasons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she just pretty much found out that her whole family just got washed out within a matter of probably months. Yeah. I, I think the, the cool thing with the red wedding is you have Arya kill water Frey to open up season seven, which was Great. really well done was, was really cool. Yeah. Um, one of the only times where she actually uses the faces to, to, to yeah. do the thing. Right. Right. Um, which, which we don't, we, wind up not seeing any more of that no. throughout the rest of the show. Sansa finds the masks, like when um they're both reunited in Winterfell in season seven. This is like before mm-hmm. before they do the trial that's supposed to be for Arya but winds up being for Littlefinger, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sansa Sansa finds the the faces in Arya's bag. But like other than that, they could have used that in many different ways. I wish I still used it to the advantage a lot more. Yeah. I I would have liked. I know I said this before. I would have liked Arya to kill Cersei in the end, and um, for at that point, Jon Snow would have killed the Night King uh, yeah. if it, if it went to that length. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But and and that's under the pretense that Daenerys goes to King's Landing, and the whole love story between Jon and Daenerys never happens. Then you don't have Jon Snow killing Daenerys to save the realm. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it all it all could have panned out way way different, right? I, I mean, again, if Oberyn won trial by combat, Tyrion not going to Essos with Daenerys, she could have just came over and started firing on all cylinders. Uh huh. Um. Uh huh. And then uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, to to that the red wedding not happening, like I. I just, I I just think like Rob and Catelyn Stark don't have much more significance into the show. Like you were saying, yeah. they would have died. He he would have died shortly thereafter. You could have kept her around, and she could have been annoying uh, a little yeah. longer. But otherwise, just get her off my screen. Right? Yeah, I don't think <laughs> um, it would have made a big impact in the rest of the series. But I think a couple things probably would have changed with season four. 
maybe not like yeah. a big impact, but I can I can probably like I was saying earlier, I, I can see Rob Stark maybe, you know, getting in the way of Jamie Lannister and uh Joffrey if not him being the one killing Joffrey I can see you know the rest of because he was already at the point where his army was dwindling down anyway so he didn't have much to really go for at that point anyway so he would have eventually died off so that's why I feel like he wouldn't have been there for much longer after that anyway yeah I, I I think the only thing you could have done is if like say Talisa uh, was the was who Rob Stark married? Yeah. Right. Um, she was pregnant, right? So say, say she's pregnant and, and they're around long enough so that she has the baby, mm-hmm. she's carrying the baby, and they they go for an attack on King's Landing, um, and have Joffrey kill Rob Stark's baby, like Some living part, baby, yeah, and and then you have uh Rob Stark like just totally massacre Joffrey mm-hmm. and then just have the, and then just have the mountain come in and kill Rob Stark. And then just, you could have done that. Right. Um, but then, then again, you don't, you don't have like lady, uh, Onella being the one that poisons Joffrey, which was so big at, at like towards the end of the show. That was one of the things that they, uh, you know, they, they held on to that for three seasons. Yeah. I mean, and you not knowing who killed Joffrey for three seasons was just like such a big reveal. Um, yeah. So Which I think so they kind of gave little hints and stuff from Lady Yolanda, like little snippets after like a, the one or two of the episodes, but you never got a full, you know, uh, right off from it until that moment when she was talking to Jamie. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on from the red wedding. Obviously, a very big moment. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I think Cheyenne's least favorite moment. I remember when she watched it through the first time. She literally almost had a panic attack, and mm-hmm. she was like, "We need to leave. We need to go somewhere because I'm not okay." Right? <laughs> um, she was like, "She." It was literally like, "I'm not watching Game of Thrones for a couple of days," and I was like, "Oh, come on, you have to." She's like, "I'm. I'm not. I'm not okay with this because <laughs> she, she loves Rob." It, oh yeah, I mean, he he's like that uh, type of character that yeah you can kind of get behind, and knowing that how the way that he just kind of was you know written off like wow, I mean he he was going up so much and then just kind of just shot off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let me see here. Um, yeah, I mean that. Sorry about that. I just looking back over my notes, <clears throat> my pen. Um, so, so much of my notes that I wrote were for uh, season four, which is totally okay. So for season three, um, the red wedding was the big one. Yeah. Um, so, so the next one uh, that I wanted to get to is um, how Daenerys acquires the Unsullied army. Yeah. It's, it's so good. She makes the deal with the guy. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, he was speaking in uh, High Valerian, mm-hmm. and and that whole he, scene is just like so good. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, and I'm like, this is one of those what ifs that I I do not I would not want to change. The only thing that is that would happen, um, let's let's say she gave up because the deal was to get the Unsullied army 
And for, she gives up a dragon. Yeah. Her her biggest dragon, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, um, say she has the army and the other two dragons. I, The only thing I could see happening is say um, that dragon gets bigger and just kills that guy on its own. Right. And then he, he would have been able to train that thing anyway. Uh uh-uh. uh, and then and then Drogon would have wound up reconnecting with Daenerys anyway, right? Um, so the whole twist there was, um, Miss Sunday was the translator, um, mm-hmm. for for the guy, um, I guess he understood English because Daenerys would speak and he would just speak the High Valyrian, and uh, Miss Sunday would interpret it. Would interpret and, it, yeah, and. <laughs> say it back not word for word not like so condescending um to Daenerys yeah and then and then she speaks to the unsullied in the high valerian and they all listen to her and mm-hmm. then he, he's like wait you speak that he's like yeah wait, you speak that? and she's like yeah i'm i'm Daenerys stormborn born of you know valerian descent and yeah. her her mother spoke like <laughs> the old valerian tongue and everything so yeah yeah and and so Jorah Mormon just looks over at her and he's like, ding. <laughs> ding. I got the um, Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that um, she, like, even like how he was saying and how Miss Sande was kind of interpreting it, but not saying it word for word, but knowing that Daenerys knew everything that dude was saying, no matter what. You know, it was just like cool, so cool. The fact that you know she was keeping calm the whole time, and she's like, "I'm playing you like a fiddle right now, anyway." So that's why she's like, yeah. I, "I'm, I'm gonna give you my best dragon, but no offense, you ain't getting that." So, so I mean, she she had them right where she wanted uh, hit them anyway. So it was just it, like epic scene, and it and it is the iconic like first Jakaris that led to like yes such huge uh and that shot know, with her and the flames running in the back that was awesome so good so so good. well done Great. so well done. i would say probably top has to be in the top 10 best shots like like a little scene shot of the whole series yeah and i mean like with that because i love that moment but if we're talking about shots itself uh like camera wise Mm-hmm. Um, it's the series finale where she's walking out, and then you see Drogon's wings coming up behind her. Oh, that's yeah, such yeah, a good. Yeah. Oh, that's good that's, too. That's such a good shot. But I mean, Definitely. yeah, for, for 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 being in season three, it was probably one of the best shots that they had done all show. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and really, it's just Daenerys with a green screen behind her, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's literally just her standing there, and just the effects that they do behind her. It's just so right. good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- I, I would agree. I don't change anything about that. It's just honorable mention. The fact that we wouldn't change any of that. Just keep it the way it is. No what ifs. Just hey, that's what it has to be. Awesome. Yeah, leave it. Um, okay, so we we have. Um, Theon Greyjoy, right? So this is the next one because he winds up uh, heading back. He, let me see, because he winds up taking King's Landing, and I think that this, or not King's Landing, uh, Winterfell, Winterfell, but I'm, mm-hmm. 
but I'm pretty sure that's towards the end of season two. So we'll talk more about mm. that. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, we can address that a little bit further in the next episode. I think it was um, somewhere in season two. Yeah. Yeah, because he he winds up um he, he winds up getting basically someone else comes in and takes over Winterfell and he doesn't know who it is. Um, it's, it's the Bolton army. You find out, yeah. right? Right. And I so, think some of the guys that he was with, I think they probably, uh, had been told from the Bolton army and they just, you know, went behind, uh, Theon's back. Well, yeah. And this was because they projected it, that Theon, uh, killed, uh, Bran Stark and yes. uh, and Rickon Stark because they show him dangling the charred bodies yeah. over the wall and I think that he started losing followers because they were like you hadn't you shouldn't have killed them and burned them alive you should have just maybe held them captive held them kind captive. of thing right? yeah right so I think that happens at the end of season two but anyway yeah. what winds up happening is Theon flees Winterfell and goes back to Pike the Iron Islands. Um, was trying to talk to his dad about becoming a successor, and mm-hmm. his dad, his dad was like, "You couldn't even take over Winterfell. Mm-hmm. On, like, you have no accomplishments to earn you the right to be my successor." Kind of thing. He was right. like, "If anything, Yara has a higher claim." His, who he doesn't realize is his sister, and he's like uh-huh. totally, totally hitting on when he yeah. first. Like, that was cute, right? Yeah, power move. um so i'm pretty sure that that dion goes back for winterfell to try to reclaim it and then and then um this guy finds him in the woods to bring him in and then like you think that this guy's helping him out to get into the castle and Mm -hmm. then he winds up getting taken prisoner um actually no, the whole because that's when Theon goes to escape after he was held captive the first time, and then right. the guy the guy lets him go, and then the guy finds him out in the woods and then circles him, takes him in a total circle, and yeah. leads him into the room, and then he winds up being taken captive again, and then you you wind up learning that this guy had actually plotted this all along, and then you look, uh-huh. and then you look. You learn at the end of season three that this guy's Ramsey Snow, who winds up yeah. becoming who winds up uh, becoming Ramsey Bolton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you get to learn Ramsey in season three, and <clears throat> I I guess I guess that would mean that Sansa doesn't wind up getting married off to Ramsey. Uh, until season five, because when we were doing the recaps, that stuff wasn't in there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that wasn't even a thing at that point. Yeah the the only thing that you could do as a what if there is if Ramsey never came through to take over Winterfell and you just had Theon stay there. I just, I, I mean, you could have had. You could have elevated Theon, but the way that they were building Theon's character was he was just a very slimy, but no, like no balls kind of leader. Yeah, right? nobody really took him serious. 
Yeah. So he, it had a lot of talk, but didn't walk the walk in a way. Like they, yeah. they knew he was full. Whoopsie. <laughs> so, so when they, um, when they take, when he wants up getting taken captive and tortured by Ramsey, mm-hmm. they make you feel bad for the guy so much. Like he winds up losing his manhood, literally, literally, um, yeah. literally, and then, you know, it winds up going down to the battle at Winterfell where he's standing next to um, Bran Stark and Bran just looks up at him and says, you're a good man, Theon. Like, because Bran at that time had already seen what Theon had gone Gone through. through. Mm -hmm. So that was like, you know, the justice for Theon moment. Um, I needed that. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And then he winds up running after... um, he winds up running after the Night King with the spear, and then they wind up stabbing him, yeah. and then he's dead. And then you you feel awful for him, but you're happy that like he at least had ha- some type of a good ending to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he had a really twisted uh, story arc for sure. One of the worst on the right. show. Um, yeah, for sure. And that like you just couldn't stand the guy, and then you feel so bad for him. Um, and then he he tries to man up at the end. Uh huh. Right? Um. Yeah, he goes to see John and Dragonstone, and uh, John's like, "The only reason I'm not killing you is because of what you did for Sansa, because he helped Sansa escape Ramsay, mm-hmm. right?" So, like, I can get behind that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That you know gave Theon or Reek some like uh brownie points there, and you, um, you knew like even though he got out of the Ramsay Snow situation and the whole Reek thing but he never really got loose from that whole reek thing. Like you always saw him kind of having that twisted, you know, uh, tone to like, Oh, like he's, he might be going back to his old ways. Cause it always like, whenever somebody's like trying to tell him to like do something or do this, like, Oh, because you're, uh, you're was trying to, you know, say like, Hey, just have a drink, do this, like, you know, man up. And he, but he was so broken down that he's like, you have no clue what he, I went through. And like, it just doesn't turn off like that. <laughs> he, he was traumatized to the point that he had like mental disorder from it. Right. Like he just yeah. was, ne- he was just never the same. After never that. the same. No. Right. Um. So I just, I think that if he went off on a different, angle you just don't care about him like he just yeah he he winds up dying somewhere along the way and you're like okay he's gone he's out like a lot of people in the show where they die and you're like okay they're gone like yeah like um i don't think he would have made it as far into the show if so no No, not even um so definitely well written and again you can say what if but i wouldn't change a thing about it i'd I'd leave it alone um Mm -hmm. so the last thing that's pretty big um uh Rob Stark uh goes to battle with the land like the Starks battle the Lannisters at some point early in season three. And um Catelyn was like giving Rob a lot of heat, like, why would you do this? And they wind up getting Jamie Lannister and holding him captive for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and then Jamie winds up escaping. And then um, he winds up escaping and then they wind up getting him. He was not like 10 miles from their camp. 
and they wind right. up grabbing him and bringing him back. I'm pretty sure is what back. happened. Yeah, um, yeah, because he he they had him in like the dog cages, and it yeah. was what one of his nephews or something that was in there with him, and he killed his nephew, and yep. that's how he escaped because he got the yep. guard and killed the guard. He and then he got like yards away or something within that, and then they captured him, brought him back like within that morning. Yeah, so Rob. Rob winds up releasing um, Jamie um, to Brienne. So Brienne is taking Jamie back to King's Landing as I, I think it was supposed to be an exchange to get Sansa back. Like, I'm pretty I sure that, so. that, that like, was, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the move. Um, Catelyn Sark hated the fact that they were giving up Jamie and, and Rob was just like, if you ever want to see Sansa again, this is like our only shot. The right? only way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're just not going to give her up willingly. This is probably one of the best shots you can get to, you know, at least see Sansa. So it's like I said, one of those tough decisions that you have to make because you probably have all the power with having Jamie as your hostage, but you know, they can just, they don't with them they don't need Sansa, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they don't have Arya, so they can easily just make way with Sansa and just be like, yeah, whatever. So they want her to come back. So like, hey, we'll just make the decision. We'll give you, we'll give you Jamie for Sansa, right? Um, but in win- that way, you know, a lot of things didn't really go the go as planned, right? So to which. Um, Brienne is taking Jamie back to King's Landing and they wind up like dueling on the bridge and then mm-hmm. they wind up they wind up getting captured by these guys and I can't remember their names honestly because you kind of see this guy a few times and then he, yeah. he, he he winds up he winds up he winds up getting killed off towards the end of the season anyway but this guy you know they they capture Jamie and Brienne and then um they they like they wind up setting up somewhere for the night and tying up Jamie to a tree and then the guys are taking Brienne off to do not great things to her not great things yeah <laughs> and then um you know it it winds up uh she winds up coming back and i guess she was okay or whatever and I think then Jamie was trying to you know what is Pers- like, uh, Pers- persuade the the guy to leave her yeah. be yeah yeah so for like the price for that wound up being that they they wind up chopping jamie's hand off which is it, it's it he was known as such a um great swordsman that mm-hmm. you know chopping off his hand was definitely a huge like wtf moment because uh-huh <laughs> That's at the end of the one episode, and then at the beginning of the next episode, they just show him walking with his hand dangling on a string. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I was thinking that too. Like they had it around his uh, shoulder, and it's just like kind of dangling as he's walking. (laughs) But yeah, that's like, like you said, it's because he was a great swordsman, and he's like, hey, chop. Like yep. now, now you're uh, now you're not as great of a swordsman as you think you are now. Yeah, and I mean, and he had to he, relearn how to hold a sword with his other hand. Yeah, I, and so once 
once Jamie gets um, back to King's Landing, that's when they introduce. Uh, oh shoot, Qua- Sir- Saran. Uh, uh, no, what was name? Quigar. Nah, are you talking about uh, Tyrion's uh, left hand guy? No, 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 no. Um, <clears throat> you're thinking of uh, ooh, Braun. Braun, yeah, Sir Braun. No, yeah. um, oh shoot, eh, um, no, I, I just because this is gonna bother me. Sorry, uh, everyone for holding you up, but nah, um, I'm trying to think who the other person you're talking about. Um, it's it, his name starts with a Q. I know that. Oh, um, Clyborn? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, winds up bringing the mountain back, and then you have yeah, like yeah, Zombie yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain. That's when they introduce him, and he's the guy who yeah. actually fixes up Jamie's well stump wrist because his right. hand was kind of yeah. and infected. And he's and the guy is telling Jamie like, "I'm going to give you some of this. Like, it's like heavy drugs." And Jamie's like, "No, none of it." And, do it. <laughs> and and the guy's like, you all screaming. And he's like, then I'll scream. And then he's just screaming in pain because of like, yeah. they're trying to kill the infection off to save uh-huh. him. Right. Before it goes into his body and then it just kills right. him. Right. There's no offense. Back in that day, that's the only way you cure an amputee. You have to yeah. like, uh, you know, you need to uh, cut off the this- tissue, and you know, disinfect yeah uh use heat to really heal up the wound and if you're doing that with no ways of like medication you're just reeking in agony at that point yeah (laughs) yeah to put it lightly yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's crazy the things that like those people went through back then just the like knowing that like like that's the way of like medical treatment back then you just, mm-hmm. even uh when rob stark met his future wife at the time she was just cutting off a dude's leg with just a regular bone saw and that's yep. just the way that they did the back there like and again like you're just biting on like something and you're just watching somebody cut your damn leg off so crazy so crazy yeah. how far modern medicine has come right right um dude i mean uh, okay, so if you say the what if thing here, it's say Jamie never gets captured, then he never loses his hand. Um, the only thing there is if Jamie never loses his hand, you would see him in so many more combats throughout the show, Absolutely. right? Right. And I think that was something that really messed up his mental state too. Oh, just one hundred percent. Like Theon, you know, well, his mental state was never the same after that. Well, not not so literally as with Reek or Theon. Right. But, but the, the one thing that Jamie was really well known for was just ripped out right from under him. I mean, you, you, you cut the guy's manhood right. off, uh, metaphorically yeah. speaking. Right. Right. Um, so I, I just think that you, you see, um, cause the only, the only like really good showdown that you see from Jamie is the one with him and Ned Stark. Uh, I was Ned Stark in, too, yeah. In, in, in the courtyard, that's season one, obviously, because there's no mm-hmm. Ned Stark a- after season one. Uh, right. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about that um, in the concluding episode. Yeah, yeah, because there's plenty of what ifs that are going to ride throughout there that are just going to just 
drive us absolutely bonkers. <laughs> we thought yeah, this was going to yeah. be a good idea. And this is like not, this is pretty tough. I mean, we knew it coming in, but, oh, um, but even this episode, like we got to some parts where we're like, Oh, this like changes so much in the rest of the film. And yeah. that was cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to concluding the rest of this up. Cause one and two have a lot of stuff too. And you know, it, it's going to be fun to break that down into a lot of the moments and see what type of what ifs and what is going to come of, you know, the show. What if something were to a change in, in those things? Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously going to be like the whole show doesn't really unfold like hardly at all in the way that it did a lot of the time, right? Yeah. I mean, excuse me. <clears throat> um, definitely definitely a couple of those moments here where like I, I think that the trial by combat with Oberyn and the mountain, like if that had gone the other way, would change the complexity of the show a lot. Right. I think that was one of our biggest things that we talked about. Yeah, that that I think that we found that it could change a lot of things within those concluding episodes. Like if that would have went a different way, so many things would have changed. Yeah, I mean, even like the big moments like Joffrey's death and the Red Wedding happening, we were like, yeah. okay, even without them, we don't see Joffrey. I mean, he could have lasted another season or two and then right you know you know other things could have happened along the way that like i don't think it would have had the impact on the end of the show entirely Mm -hmm. um and the same thing with the red wedding like if rob stark made it a little bit longer um i don't think it would have changed much of the end of the show entirely um but the but the definitely uh the mountain and prince oberon trial by combat if that went a different way and oberon won i think it changes the show a lot just a lot I, I think that that's a good place to like call the end of the episode. If you're cool with that. Yeah. And, Cause I, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have anything beyond that. Um, I obviously yeah, other I, things I hit a lot of points. I, I, uh, I think we hit a lot of good what ifs and, you know, a lot of good points and you know for anybody watching, if you've made it to this point, uh, write in the comments, if you have anything like a, 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 a moment, within these two seasons of a what if moment, like maybe it could have been something minor and nothing, something not as major as what we were talking about. We tried to hit a lot of major and minor points, but I think we talked more about the major points that would have really impacted. But if you have something that's, you know, maybe not as significant, but it would have maybe changed something in a, in a similar story arc right in the comments, we would love to know, you know, I think the one thing that we didn't touch on, and, and it's only because I don't talk about Stannis Baratheon a lot just because I didn't care for him and, and his and his character arc uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the Red Woman, Melisandre, I believe in season three, she reveals that she, you know, can sacrifice like, um, like um, Gendry. Oh, shoot. Uh, if you were born into royalty... Uh, you know, sacrificing somebody of royal blood, yeah, will, br- will bring you a higher power, or it it brings you, um, like basically like sacrificing Gendry for like the the king's blood in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, without that, right? Um, you wouldn't have people getting burned at the stake. You wouldn't have never had Stannis' daughter getting burned at the stake, which I said is my least favorite moment on the show entirely. Yeah so hard to watch right Definitely. Um, you can even say like what if melisandre never 
met Stannis or Stannis never met Melisandre, I mean, how would that have impacted Stannis anyway? I mean, obviously he didn't make it through the series anyway, but would it have made him, you know, go less? Would he have maybe gone a little longer? Would he would have, you know, uh, you know, hit, would he have ever done the Blackwater? Because he did the Blackwater before Melisandre, right? Or I think he had Melisandre at that part. I think I that she, she. I think I think she just kind of started getting introduced around then. Which Blackwater Bay is season two, so we could talk more about her then. Yeah. Um, the yeah. only thing I think the we'll, only, we can hit on that at that point. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing there is if Melisandre and Stannis never link up, it's making Melisandre relevant somewhere along the way. Um, right. Because she's, she becomes relevant in the battle for Winterfell. But mm-hmm. I was just going to say, if you don't have Stannis, you know, sacrificing his own daughter, burn at the stake, and he doesn't lose half of his camp because of that. Yeah. Like his half of his army abandons him after that. Right. So right. the only thing that I can see there is. Okay. Let's say. Let's say that they well the thing is is that the um Stannis's army tries to attack Winterfell when with Ramsay Bolton's army and uh-huh. he was out, he was outnumbered. The only mm-hmm. thing that I can see is he, you either have Ramsay kill Stannis which like they're both bad guys so it doesn't really work that way. Uh-huh. Um that's also under the pretense that Ramsay's actually running Winterfell. And again, this is just changing so much later on. I uh-huh. I would I would just say if Stannis was alive through the Battle of Winterfell, he dies at the Battle of Winterfell. Like he doesn't make it to King's Landing ever. Um that right. that or you have a battle between Stannis and say Joffrey. But you know, if Joffrey lives longer, then you can have Stannis Baratheon going in to conquer King's Landing and you just have the Lannisters wipe out Stannis's army because he, he didn't have the numbers to take on King's Landing anyway, right? No. Um no. so yeah, we'll, Again. we'll talk more about that in, in the concluding because that, I, like you said, I think that comes into a little more significance in, in the season two with the sure. Blackwater Bay and everything, too. So sure. we can get more into that, too. For sure. Yeah, guys. Think, uh, yeah, that's that's about it for me. I'm definitely OK. If I think of anything else, I mean, we can always touch on it in in the next episode, or we could just casually bring it up in another episode at any given time, really. Um, Definitely. For sure. Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, throw those comments uh, in the comment section for any what-if uh, moments that you would have that would kind of impact, not even really impact the show, but something that maybe would be like a, like something that would change the arc of the show a little bit, you know, something that would be like, Oh, this happened. What if it didn't happen? How would it change it? You know? So if you have something that we didn't hit on, let us know. Uh, if not, you know, guys, make sure you guys are subscribing to us. Like us on Facebook instagram tiktok uh subscribe right here on youtube where uh if you guys are new here we're here every friday uploading brand new episodes so we would love to see you guys uh here every friday with us join the patreon we got some cool things happening on the patreon we're trying to get that boosted up and we got some cool things happening over there for some exclusive content and ways that we can talk to you guys one-on-one and, you know, if you have any questions for us, hit us up in the Gmail, onesetpod at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, 
Uh, brother, do you have anything else to say? Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. All the love to you. Uh, Happy New Year once again. I know, again, we're not sure exactly when this is dropping, but we know right. it'll be <laughs> – It'll be in the first quarter of the year. So uh, we hope everybody is off to a great start to 2024. And we will see you on the next one. Love you, brother. Love you too.